Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Arboto Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're getting in the holiday spirit with two films about couples falling in love at Christmas time. First up, Priyanka Chopra and Rambir Kapoor make a pact to kill themselves on New Year's Eve in Siddhartha Nan's Anjana and Johnny from 2010. Delightful. <laughs> then, Karina Kapoor and Imran Khan meet and quickly get married on Christmas Eve in a drunken binge in Shakun Batra's Ek Main or Ek 2 from 2012. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Also, just a heads up that these films do deal with some serious subject matter, namely depression and suicide. So we will be discussing those things and how these films uh, deal with those issues. So, you know, if, if you'd prefer not to listen to that conversation or, you know, you'd like to make sure you're in the right space to, to listen to that kind of conversation, uh, you know, either turn this episode off or return to it, you know, when, when you feel comfortable. All right. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, lovers. It's the holiday season, Matt. Bah humbug, I see. Oh, come on. No. No, it's this. This is one of my favorite times of the year. Good for you. Yeah, I say one of because uh, it's still dreadfully cold outside. So, you know, you know it doesn't honest- quite have the edge on summer. It's but- honestly not that cold. You know what it is, though? It's dark. It's dark. It's really, really dark. So, uh... At this point, as we're recording this, the sun rises in Edmonton at around 8.30, 8.40, and it sets at around 4 o'clock. So, you know, if you you work a (laughs) 9 to 5 job, you get up in the dark and you go home in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I work 8.15 to 4.30, so I don't see the sun at all. Yeah, and you also work in a very dark office, too. (laughs) I do. I work in the dark. There are no windows. Yeah, so I start to become... You're a a Morlock. Yeah, become kind of subterranean. Yeah. Uh, But I love the holidays. Uh Uh-huh. And we wish all of you listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, though, you know, I understand that not... Happy Hanukkah, Crazy Kronza... You know, all of them. Yeah. You know, I not everyone celebrates Christmas. Uh, I don't think either of us consider ourselves Christian. Not at all. Um, but Christmas is something uh, that we celebrate with our families. Uh, and so, you know, I, I do want to spread that cheer, you know. So from, from our home to yours. Uh, and on that note, Matt, let's cheers. We have a holiday drink. Mmm. So we've heard Tasty. from we've heard from listeners that they like it when I talk about cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made us uh, this year's holiday drink, what we've kind of been serving at uh, our holiday parties and what we're going to bring to other holiday parties. This is um, mold apple cider. So it has uh, apple cider, obviously, maple syrup. We are Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of lemon and orange peels, cassia bark, allspice. And cloves. You should put the recipe up on your Instagram so people can find it. Oh, yeah, I will. Find it. I will. Yeah. Uh, and obviously bourbon because... Uh, Nothing says Santa more <laughs> than bourbon. You know, okay, one of the reasons why I like Christmas and, and, just, and New Year's and the whole month of December is it's an excuse to drink a lot. Uh-huh. And wear... Eat a lot. Eat a lot. 
wear a lot of glitter and like shiny, shiny uh-huh. things. Yeah. Um, you know I live for the glam. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, and and just kind of spend time with friends and family. Yeah. That's I, I'm not in. I'm not really into gifts. See, my friends all live on the internet. <laughs> We're talking to them now. Oh, okay. Hi, friends and family. You're not looking forward to any of our holiday functions? I mean, I like You them. haven't enjoyed any of the holiday functions we've already partaken in? I like them when we do them. So, okay. But so we th- just have so damn many of them that it just kind of adds up and it depresses me. So, so here, it, you know, you're getting the quote-unquote real tea. Oh, I'm going to regret <laughs> saying that. This is the, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. I love Christmas uh-huh. and New Year's and the whole holiday season, as you can obviously tell. Matt hates it. <laughs> Yep. He's a Grinch. He's a humbug. The mean one, you're, Mr. Grinch. You're a Scrooge. Yeah. I mean, if I had enough money, I would be a Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, I aspire to be a Scrooge. I, well, I mean, I don't think that you would deny other people Christmas. No, it's the same way I don't like mushrooms. <laughs> you know, have as much Christmas as you want. Just try not to shove it down my throat. <laughs> all right. All right. Well. There's just too many things. Yeah, just like, too much. I like a you know a simple life. You mm-hmm. know, I don't need to have like sixteen different parties and two birthdays and two different Christmases at our parents' respective houses and just all this stuff. I don't like being busy. Right, that's what you hate. You just you hate being busy. You hate having a lot to do. Yes. Okay. I also enjoy going to the mall. Right. <laughs> but Christmas time, holiday period, I should stop saying Christmas time. The holiday period brings a lot of amateurs to the mall <laughs> who don't know how to do things. They don't properly know how to mall. No, they don't know how to mall. They clog up the lines at Orange Julius. They uh, wander around like rubes who've just fallen off of a, you know, a cabbage truck and haven't seen a store before. Um, with the exception of two songs... Every single Christmas song is awful. Yeah. The two the, songs being The Pogues, Fairytale of New York, and Mar- Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, which isn't even a Christmas song anymore. It's just like a legit good song. What about the Boney M Christmas album? I mean, again, due to exposure from your mother having it in her CD player in her car, Boney M Christmas album, pretty solid. I mean, no song on there is as good as Rasputin, though. Mm, fair enough. Which... Uh, Eagle-eyed viewers remember from last episode, the uh, Rasputin song was in uh, Age of Vanilla, mm-hmm. kind of. Kind of, yes. Uh, well, now that we've gotten that out of the way, you know. We've got we the are, greatest gift of all. We are on two very different sides of... It's time for us to give out some gifts, a.k.a. some biffle points, to a lucky listener. Oh, right. We have a new given review. given us a review. Yes. Uh, yeah, so in our last episode, we said... That we were going to give ten billful points to anyone who left a review, and uh, and, and retroactively, if you've given us a review, you know, check yeah. the biffle wallet. The biffle points are there. Yeah, I said everyone who left us a review gets yeah. ten. Uh, it's and, not just new reviews though, but we do appreciate them. Yes, and and lo and behold, we have a new review. It's like it's like a holiday gift to us, Matt. Yeah, it's listener in the city left this on the yeah. Uh, uh, the American iTunes store, yes. or the Apple Podcast store. So, listener in the city writes, Like discussing movies with friends. Aaron and Matt are a lovely pair of knowledgeable and thoughtful film buffs who have discovered a love for Bollywood films and personalities. 
I love the topics they choose, ranging from dissecting old classics to contemplating contemporary cinema. They don't just straight review films like other podcasts. They usually have really interesting and varied themes that show us films in a new light. They have learned so much about Indian cinema in a short time and taught me a lot too. They engage in adorable banter here and there, but mostly stay on topic and don't go on long-winded tangents like most other podcasters. Shots fired. They also come prepared with lots of thoughts about whatever subject matter they're discussing. This is probably the best podcast on the topic right now. Thank you both for the time and dedication you're putting into this podcast. You are my constant companions during my commute. Five stars. Wow. Thank yeah. you so much, listener in the city. That is, that's, uh, that's really, really appreciated. Uh, All we wanted for Christmas was you, listener in the city. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I, really appreciate that. And, you know, uh, I kind of worry now that we've been going on a bit of a tangent about Christmas. Well, I mean, it is the theme of the episode. It is the theme of the episode. Uh, but thank you so much for those kind words. It it really does mean a lot to us. And, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to, to this and you would like 10 Biffle points or <laughs> like a, like us to read out on air how We're much you like the show. just jingling out those Biffle points, you know. Uh, Get them while they're hot. You could leave us a review too. Yeah. All right. Uh one more quick tangent before we get into this, okay? Sorry, listener in the city. Go on. Uh, so I understand it's not a natural pairing to put Bollywood and Christmas together mm-hmm. um, for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, Bollywood tends to focus on um, the Muslim and Hindu religions because... I mean, it's odd, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are um, religions that, um, you know, make up a large part of of the India population. There's also, you know, some Sikh characters. India is very diverse in regards to um, the religions of its its people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many Christians. That being said, there are many Christians in India. So from time to time, we do see Christian characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is... Lots be- of priests in Goa. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, well, Goa was settled by the Portuguese. So yeah. There's a lot of... Catholicism in Goa. Yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, despite the fact that it kind of seems a little out there and a little odd, um, partly because it seems a little out there and a little odd, and I was curious on what Bollywood movies set at Christmas time were like, mm-hmm. um, and also because I feel like movies and Christmas really go together. So if you're Shane Black, then yes. Yeah. So it's not as much, I think, of a tradition here in Canada as it is in the States, but many people go to the movies on Christmas Day. I like doing that. Many people get together and watch movies with their families around Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And also, like, Christmas movies are huge. People love Christmas movies, and they love debating about what is and isn't a Christmas movie. I'm kind of of the school that if it's set at Christmas time... It can be a Christmas movie. Yeah. So, Die if someone Hard, learns a lesson, you know, they reconnect yeah. with their family, or whatever. So, Die Hard Christmas movie. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Christmas movie. The Nice Guys, <laughs> Iron Man Three <laughs> Christmas um, movie. Trying to think if there's any more. Uh, one of our all-time favorite movies 
Uh, the Thin Man? Yes, I, I would also call a Christmas movie potentially my favorite Christmas movie. It's one of the better movies set at Christmas time. Yeah. Also, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, yeah. Great. An- another great uh, family classic. Great Christmas movie. What are what are some of your favorites, Matt? Well, as you noted before, I don't really like Christmas, <laughs> so I don't really have any, but I'd say Gremlins is pretty good. Gremlins is pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Do you like Love Actually? No. No, I That's a terrible movie. I've never seen Elf. Elf that, was fun. That's really popular. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah. So probably like Die Hard, The Thin Man. Nice Guys, Christmas Bang yeah. Bang. Those are, All those of the really Shane good. Black movies that he's apparently lost a bet or something and has to set everything at Christmas time. I also, I quite like It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Big, I mean, Ju- big Jimmy Stewart fan over here, so. Yeah. It's a, it's, you know, it's a good movie. Yeah. All right. I can't say that I, you know what? It's so schmaltzy. That's, that's my problem with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I like hanging out with friends and family, but I don't think I need a manufactured excuse to do so. Moving on to these two films, maybe, maybe they'll convince you uh, to embrace the Christmas spirit a bit more. I doubt it. I also then think again, maybe not. <laughs> I also think it's extremely interesting that uh, both of these are set in the States for the mm-hmm. most part because, you know, that's where the Christmas action is. But specifically Las Vegas. Yes. Both which... of these feature Las Vegas extensively. I also think one of the things that's really interesting is that both of these films deal with mental health issues. Yep. And which also tends to be a very... They're exacerbated at Christmas time. Yeah. It's a very important topic around the holidays because a lot of, you know... The winter season can, um, you know, lead to deteriorating mental health in in many people. Seasonal affective disorder, one mm-hmm. that I think I probably have. Yeah, and also kind of, you know, all of the stuff that you're talking about with with the holidays of kind of force connectedness, um, you know, kind of having to overexert yourself. All that stuff also can, um, you know, contribute to some some bad. Some bad mojo, I People guess. People feel inadequate when they're not making their Christmas like magical enough for their children. Mm-hmm. But like children are kind of dumb. You can trick them <laughs> with any sort of magic trick, really. Oh they will. They'll believe you. Okay. <laughs> and and I do. You think... don't have to you know say that a fat man came down the chimney. You know. Fair enough. Um, and so I I do think that that. That that not only is that interesting, but it also the, the the kind of the topic of of mental health issues in both of these films also makes them kind of tied to the season that they're set in. Do you kind of buy my yeah, my theory so. that kind of both of these films seem because they're set at the Christmas season, they feel you know inherently like Christmas films, not just because of that, but be also because they want to discuss mental health issues around the holidays. Yeah, I think that makes them a bit more interesting yeah. than other Christmas movies. It's not about crass consumerism, for instance. It's about, you know, the way that you can, well, find out. Yeah, they're they're kind of like, you know, melancholic Christmas. Yeah, although in both of them, the actual <laughs> day of Christmas does get glossed over, mm-hmm. basically. So our first film is Anjana Anjani, which means Strangers. It came out in 2010. It's directed by Siddharth Anand, uh, who's the director of Bang Bang, a movie we both, uh, we enjoy. We both quite like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it stars Priyanka Chopra, Ranbir Kapoor, and Zayed Khan in kind of an extended cameo. Uh, he feels a bit like poor man's Arjun Rample. He's Hindi Adam Scott. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think we've seen much of Zayed Khan. He does. Before. You know, he's the Baxter. You know, you know that term. Well, yeah, no, I do. But he, what, what is a Baxter? Um, the Baxter is the like nice guy friend of uh, the girl in a romantic comedy who never gets the girl. Yeah, I mean, he's not so nice in this movie. Yeah, but he's, he's not so nice. He's got the face of the guy who gets kind of left by the girl. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this is the first time that Priyanka Chopra and Rambir Kapoor worked together in a film. Obviously, go on to do Barfi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a box office hit and had kind of medium to favorable reviews. It was nominated for one Filmfare Award for Vishal Shaikar for Best Music Director. Huh. Uh, the plot is... Shouldn't it be music directors? Well, I guess... The award's called director because it's often one person? Well, it's also often duo. Yeah. Duo's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you, do you want to write to the film for awards and have them change the name? I mean, I have a lot of things. Or they to... could put a little S in parentheses yes. inside director. That would be the most specific way to do it. Okay. Do, do, do you want to spend 10 minutes on that? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get a letter going after okay. this episode. All right. <laughs> the plot is is pretty simple. Um, it opens in New York City. Uh, Rambir Kapoor works on Wall Street and he's just kind of... Uh, messed everything up and he lost, lost twelve million dollars. Yeah, lost a bunch of money, and they're gonna have to go to court. He feels like his life is over, and so he goes to the Brooklyn Bridge and is going to commit suicide. I don't know if it's the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, really? I thought it was the Brooklyn Bridge. I think it's a newer bridge than that, but oh. don't quote me on that, New York people. You can let us know if you don't. From my research, it wasn't that scene was not shot in New York, so who yeah. knows what bridge it is? <laughs> yeah, if it's supposed to be the Brooklyn Bridge, I don't think it looks particularly like the Brooklyn Bridge when it's on there. Oh, okay. I might just think it's the Brooklyn Bridge because that's a bridge. That's in New the York. big. That's the big bridge. <laughs> uh, you do see the Brooklyn Bridge a lot from her apartment. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, intending to commit suicide. Goes to the bridge. He's going to jump off. Jump off into the Hudson. But he's stopped by Priyanka Chopra, who's there kind of Hammered. pounding back a bottle of vodka. Yeah. Um, and she's intending to do the same. They are stopped by a Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, One specific uh, <laughs> Hindi guy, an older guy, who is a bit of a recurring character. Yeah. Uh, so they're stopped from jumping. They try to kind of throw themselves into the street, and they both end up in the hospital from their failed suicide attempts. Yeah, Priyanka cracks her head on the ground, and uh, um, Rambeer gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And not as much as he wanted. No. Uh, they kind of escape the hospital together, and then after a couple of more failed suicide attempts, they decide that there's a reason that they need to keep living, at least for the short term. They decide so, to try and live until New Year's Day. Yeah, so they made it's about a, twenty days. Exactly, they make a pact to kill themselves on New Year's Eve, um, so kind of at the end of the year. And in the next twenty days that they have, they are going to try and fulfill their last wishes. Kind it's of bucket list. Yeah, do the things they've always wanted to do. Rambir Kapoor wants to have sex. Yeah, something he <laughs> he's does a not, virgin. Something he does not pull off over the course of the film. Even though a helpful gentleman also almost does it for him. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's implied 
It's certainly implied in the epilogue that, you know, his wish yeah. his wish became granted. I mean, they have a kid. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully they did. Uh, Priyanka Chopra's wish is Spoiler to... Spoiler alert, they don't kill themselves. <laughs> is to swim in the Atlantic. Uh, and while they're out in the Atlantic, uh, you finally get to see, I think, the, the extent of her depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rabir Kapoor starts to fall for her, and uh, in an effort to lift her spirits, they end up going to Las Vegas. In her car, which is the official in, yes. third character in the movie. Her blush. car blush. Yeah. It looks kind of like an old Ford Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, it's red. And uh, it's temperamental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Never explain how she comes <laughs> into uh, contact with this car, but... We like it all the same. Right. There's like a few moments where you feel like you're going to see a flashback of her being gifted the car and then... Or stealing the car or and then, anything. Yeah. You never you never really find out. Uh, so yeah, they go to Las Vegas. Uh, in Las Vegas, it kind of seems like their romance is going to fully blossom. But, uh, you know, Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra, she's got issues. She still feels like issues. she's cheating on her fiancé. Yes, her ex-fiancé who cheated on her. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the cause of her depression. She can't get over um, the breakup with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually the film takes us to San Francisco. Which is where she's from. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I... Where to, where to start with this, Matt? So, so This as movie I, was dull. It was. It was. And... While I appreciate it wanting to take on um, this subject matter, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's important that we talk about uh, suicide and, and depression, I don't know if this is the right way to go about it. I don't know if it's handled particularly skillfully no. or with much nuance. No. Um, because, listen, both of these movies... Should have been made in the 30s. They should have been screwball comedies. Okay. Because two people getting to know each other in a weird situation and going on a road trip, that is exactly what a screwball comedy yeah. is. And, you know, if they're trying to kill each other or, they, or they're trying to kill themselves or they accidentally get married, again, that's a perfect screwball comedy setup. These both kind of just drop the ball, though, because they try to shoehorn in a super over-the-top and dramatic story as to why mm-hmm. they're so sad. I mean, I'm trying to think of something that approached this with a bit more nuance, and I'm thinking uh, Guzarish almost. Mm. That one definitely... Ethanasia. Ethanasia, yeah. But that, that explored kind of the psyche of someone who would want to kill themselves. Um, I think you could also do this and make it a black comedy. Yeah. That's what I would. That's what I prefer from the sort of screwball comedy background. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I think if it were a black comedy, you know, you could, you could go along with it, but it really wants you to feel for these, for this couple, and and to feel for these characters. Like it, they really want this to be romantic. Yeah, it's not Romeo and Juliet, and also like since we've seen a movie before, we know that the entire premise is flawed because they're not going to kill themselves. Right. It's not like. You would be able to tell from the poster if this was like this gripping tale of, you know, love gone astray. Like, you could tell. No, it's they're going to get together at the end. So there's no yeah. dramatic tension either. Yeah, and, and I think unfortunately, Priyanka Chopra gives um, a, a decent performance at the center of this. I think mm-hmm. especially during her uh, emotional scenes, I, I really... 
I really buy her character. I don't buy the wig, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but Ranbir Kapoor is... This is a... I, I don't like this mode of Ranbir Kapoor's. I Tortured man-child? No. I mean, that's like almost... No. That's like three quarters of his have movies. Like a scarf? Like a, no, like a scarf or a really big turtleneck whenever he's doing that like tortured yeah. man child thing. And At I least just... this time he wasn't a tortured artist. Though. Oh, I know. Well, he's a tortured <laughs> Wall Street douche. Yeah, yeah, and I just I have I have a hard time with this mode of Rambier Kapoor's. I think when he's trying to be this kind of love Lauren hero he doesn't work for me he should when stick to doing, being barfy or jagged jazzers yeah that's when he's where he's doing the best kind of physical comedy yeah. like he really works for me he's a kapoor there's a long tradition of you know physical comedy in movies he's great at it there's also a long tradition of, of modeling a... sentimentality yes yeah he should try and you know avoid that if he can yeah so i think you know, I, I guess Anon was, like, really intrigued by this premise and really wanted to build up on it. He'd made, you know, some other romantic films and kind of felt, felt he was in a rush and it was suggested to him that, you know, oh, what about two kind of suicidal characters? And that was, I guess, a light bulb moment for him. I, I think it's set in, in the States to take advantage of... Um, to a certain extent, the exoticism of the United States, you know, kind of... That's true. And and this film deliberately showcases three exciting kind of touristy cities. They do a great... Like, the New York City scapes, yeah. and presumably, um, like, some of the interiors, too. Really interesting, and maybe not interestingly photographed, but you could tell they were actually there. Like, yeah. they, they spent a long time there. They spent the money. It looks great. And Vegas, a city we've been to lots of times... Um, some of the geography of the city is a little bit difficult to parse because they're in some of the song scenes they're moving between the strip and Fremont Street. Okay, it's, but American movies do that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, to be honest, they're probably doing the same thing in New York. We just don't know it that well. Yeah, but yeah. it. Um, you know, I think it, I thought it did a good job on that. So the and San Francisco near the end. You don't really get enough of it to get a sense. But no. the New York and Vegas, I thought they did a good job. We did stop the movie at one point. For about 15 minutes. <laughs> to, Just showing how the, this took us two sittings. Yeah. yeah. To uh, figure out whether or not the view of the strip from of a hotel room could be seen from that hotel. <laughs> yeah, we did a little trigonometry. We pulled up Google Maps. And we were trying to figure out if the Trump Hotel and Casino, if you... Had if you were high enough, could you see down the strip that way? I thought they might be in the Stratosphere Casino, but I think we came down on the fact that yeah, if you were near the top of it, you could probably get that view. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, which is you know like again like better than I can say for a lot of other movies. Yeah, um, we're only noticing these things because we've been to. Vegas. I've been there like three or four times. Yeah, too many times. It's fun. I I like Vegas. Yeah, you like Vegas more than I do. I think it would be kind of cool to go there at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet there's some pretty amazing decorations at the Venetian. Like they have this whole with the Bellagio. The Bellagio, yeah. Sorry, yeah. the Bellagio always has these amazing sort of dioramas. Mm-hmm. I was there in December once. Yeah, so yeah, we were. I did see. We did see some like nutcrackers and stuff. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a big gingerbread house. I think, possibly. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure somewhere. But like, 
it's it's kind of cool to be in a place where there's a lot of money on the ground. Yeah. And they're decorating. Yeah, and I think um, that's one of the things that this film takes advantage of. Uh, though not as much as you think. Uh, I didn't get the sense that it was... Fi- like, do you it, think this was filmed in December? I don't know. It's yeah. mostly nighttime. And in Vegas, it does get reasonably cold at night. But I didn't see anyone's breath forming. There's snow and, and, and you know, breath in the air in, in New York. Yeah, New York looked like it was wintertime. Yeah. Vegas, lo- I'm not sure. A lot of the Christmas... San Francisco, definitely not. It did yeah. not look like even their winter. A lot of uh, the Christmas setting amounts to people in the background wearing Santa hats. Yeah, I think if you're going for Christmas content in this movie, you maybe get two minutes worth. I don't know. Like, they, they do look at this uh, church, which has a uh, a countdown to Christmas, yes. which... Well, a countdown um, to New Year's. A countdown to New Year's, which, not exactly the hardest thing to remember when it happens, but sure. And yeah, there's a couple Santa hats and that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, overall, the Christmas content's pretty low. Yeah, so it, it was shot in December 2009 in New York. Hmm. That's when they started. So, yeah. I mean, they do, like, there's some skating scenes and Christmas trees. and Yeah. But these characters never celebrate Christmas, which isn't that surprising. Yeah, it's also not the point of the movie. No. But, no. Um, you know, I guess it's an interesting thing to have as your backdrop, possibly. If I liked Christmas, I'd be more interested. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I don't know. What it's- did you think of uh, the songs? <laughs> Mediocre? Uh, there yeah. is a, there is a, uh, quote unquote bad cover mm-hmm. of, uh, Disco Dancer. Yeah. Where through a variety of events, uh, Rambir Kapoor has to strip on stage at a weird motel slash gay bar so that, uh, Priyanka can steal back the keys to the car, which has been stolen by two sort of redneck looking guys. I... So he strips to that song, which is... Yeah, this is certainly novel, I guess. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on there. It was weird. Yeah, and then he's, I mean, he's almost sexually assaulted. Yeah, and he very quickly is able to kind of play the situation to his advantage. But I don't know. It's, it's a weird. weird scene. It's kind of a weird mincing. Yeah. Know, I don't know. Didn't yeah. like it. There's a there's a dance sequence in a club in New York that's. New York, kind we of, don't know. Kind of fun. Presumably New York. Yeah, I wasn't super into the song, but it's the... It's the he was... Rambeer was wearing a douche hat, and you were like, come on, don't put that on. Yeah, he's like... Priyanka Chopra's trying to coach him on how to pick up girls so he can lose his virginity, and his move of making them a drink... Yeah. I don't know. Anytime I've ever tried to get behind a bar and make myself a drink, it has not gone well... So I feel like, you know, either this bartender's not paying attention or, you know, he's just got that much smoothness about him. And that's that's the title song that happens in that bar. Um, I, I wasn't that into it. Is Anjana uh, Anjani the male and female versions of the word strangers? I don't know. But Hindi, speak, on, Hindi speakers, let us know. Because... That kind of makes sense. Based on that song, yeah. that would make sense. Because it's like all Anjanas, all Anjanis yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also a song sequence where Rambir Kapoor dresses up as 
Batman and Santa Claus for your Christmas content and yeah. Superman. Easter Bunny. Yeah, it's just like a smorgasbord of like festival cheer and superhero. It was dumb. <laughs> yeah, that didn't that didn't really work. I also was not cheered up. Yeah, this was Yeah. Yeah. I mean kinda of mad on it. I'm glad that we got bang bang out of this director. Um because that I'm has curious. a lot more energy in it and I'm, a lot more interesting. He's good at location shots, I guess. Yeah, and I'm curious to see some of his um, previous romantic films. Salam Namaste, I think is the name mm-hmm. of the one that um, I, I would like to see. It looks like it's set at the beach. Yeah. And I'm, in, I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into a beach romance. <laughs> yeah. But on the whole, I don't think I'd recommend this. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. All right, well... That brings us to Interval. What are we listening to, Matt? We are listening to Auntie G from Ek Main or Ek 2. All right. So here we'll be back in a minute. That's right, baby. Auntie G, this one's for you. On the latest episode of the Well Endowed podcast, they speak with Nicole Smith about the Sage Seniors Association and some of the challenges that senior women in Edmonton are facing. They also speak with the Edmonton Community Foundation CEO, Martin Garber Conrad, to talk about giving during the holiday season and his approach to teaching one young person about philanthropy. For more information on the Well Endowed Podcast, check out thewelledowedpodcast.com. And for more information on the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out ecfoundation.org. In a recent two-part episode on Otherwise, the hosts discuss Edmonton's Black communities. Despite being viewed by larger society as one cohesive monolithic group of Black people, there are contrasting lived experiences in the internal dynamics of these communities. To learn more, go to otherwiseshow.com. And that was Auntie G from Ek Main or Ek 2. Uh, the movie came out in 2012 and was directed by Shakun Batra. Um, and he would go on to do one of our favorite Hindi films, mm-hmm. some total, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Kapoor and Sons. This is his first movie, though. Yeah. Uh, and- I, I see it. Yeah, I can, I, I, I can see it. I totally see Well, definitely when you're seeing Imran Khan's family. That's where I think the Kapoor and Sons connection is, especially considering Ratnapathic is his mom. Yeah, also, just the way that he approaches the characters in this film, and I think kind of the the light touch he has with um, the, the topics that he discusses in this film, I, I see it. So it features Imran Khan, Karina Kapoor, Ratnapathic, uh, my favorite and yours, Bhaman Arani, as well as Ram Kapoor. It was uh, uh, Imran Khan and Karina Kapoor's first film together. Mm-hmm. And it got decent reviews and did okay at the box office. Yeah. It's kind of middle of the road. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think this one is, I think this one is pretty special. Uh, I think it's better than the last one. Oh, yeah, it's certainly better than the last one. And we should say we watched this one first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like we were so disappointed by Anjana and Johnny that then uh, Ekmane or Ek 2 really stood out. 
I I really enjoyed this one. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pull you over to my side, Matt. I thought it was okay. Uh, so Imran Khan stars as a architect mm-hmm. who comes from a rich family, Radnapathak and Bomanarani, they're his parents. Yeah, he's kind of been forced into this career path. Yeah, I think his dad runs a construction company. Yeah. And he wants his son to kind of get into the family business that mm-hmm. way. Uh, he is living in Las Vegas yeah. and working at a kind of a prestigious architecture firm. Mm-hmm. But for, we don't really know why. Uh, he does get, he does lose his job in like in the first two minutes yeah. of the movie. Probably and because like. He doesn't he's, really seem interested. He's not that interested in it. Like he's not, he's not doing a great job because this is not what he wants to be doing. Yeah, it's not his passion for sure. Photography is his passion. Yeah, he likes he likes taking pictures. Um, and one day he uh, he starts going to see a uh, a shrink, mm-hmm. and he kind of runs into Karina Kapoor uh, earlier on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they meet in the elevator. Well, they kind of meet a little earlier, but then in the elevator, yeah. he wants to make it look like he's not going up to see the uh, psychiatrist. So he says, "Oh, I'm on the thirteenth floor." And the other person in the elevator says, there's no 13th floor on this. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, I guess I'll wait. Which an architect would know. Yes, an architect would 100%. An architect would know that there's never a 13th floor. Yeah. Um, But he, you know, talks about his life with the therapist. So is Karina Kapoor. She is also jobless. Mm -hmm. And uh, she does hair. Yeah, she's a hairstylist and a bit of a... A bit of a basket case. She's kind of all over the place. And since they live in Vegas, um, being a hairstylist is actually kind of a huge deal because uh, yeah. we, we know a person who would occasionally go down to Vegas for uh, hair shows, yeah. which are sort of like, you know, like the Apple conference where they tell you about all the new mm-hmm. Apple features. It's this big song and dance about new hair products. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's kind of a huge deal. And it always goes on in Vegas. I think it's probably a pretty good, a good place play. to be a hairstylist. Yeah, me too. Um, but they... Both of their careers, though, make sense for being Indian immigrants in Vegas. Yeah, there's a ton of new construction going on in Vegas all the time. That's really well thought through that he would be, like, working for an architecture firm and she'd be a hairstylist. The movie also makes good use of this weird uh, kind of brain research facility that we've seen last time we were in Vegas. Mm -hmm. It looks kind of like the Guggenheim... uh, concert hall in los angeles if you know that it's very yeah um the disney concert hall the disney one yeah Yeah, but i believe it's a guggenheim design maybe i'll have to look that up but it's very like uh like sheet metal and Mm -hmm. kind of wavy and it's very cool cool. we'll see if we can find a picture for the show notes Mm -hmm. but they 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 use that a bit for background stuff but um after kind of getting to know each other a little bit uh, well they they get their files mixed up. Yeah. The administrator at the um, at the therapist's office uh, gives them each other's files. And so then because they have their numbers in their files, they call one another up and they agree to meet up and exchange them on... On Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. And presumably the uh, receptionist gets fired because <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to think of a business where people's personal information is probably very sacrosanct, I would say the therapist's office is probably a big one. Yeah, I, I that's definitely fire her though. That's definitely you know, violating doctor-patient confidentiality. It is, but I would not fire her. 
Hmm, I would. <laughs> okay. If I was a psychiatrist, I would be very imperious. <laughs> apparently. No, I, Appar- I think... I, apparently I, you'd have no compassion for other people. I think I would try and be kind of like Frasier. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what happens on Christmas Eve? <laughs> well, uh, in kind of a series of like one-upmanship yeah. things, uh, they start getting pretty hammered. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, they get asked by a couple who has obviously just met that night as well mm-hmm. uh, if they can witness their wedding. And, you know, while they're there at the uh, the smallest uh, the smallest uh, church in Vegas. Yeah, the smallest presi- little chapel. Yeah, presided over by Elvis. Yeah. They end up getting married, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the next day, uh, Kapoor wakes up at uh, Khan's house. Um, they slept... Face to feet, so you could tell that there was no hanky panky, and also all their clothes are still on. Yeah, you see that exact same arrangement in Anjana and Johnny. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I think there's different ways you could do that, but you know, not everyone wants to smell your feet. Uh, but right, I think you see the exact same. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they kind of caught on to the fact that oh boy, we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, they they're both immediately on board to annul this thing and they start putting that in motion meanwhile hilariously at the uh at the courthouse wherever you go to get your wedding annulled uh they ask uh, so did you consummate the marriage and Imran Khan's like nope <laughs> that didn't happen no but they asked if they'd had sex yeah and Karina Kapoor was like yes yeah but, but then she was like oh but not with him. Yeah, with other people, but not together. <laughs> that was funny. That was good. Um, yeah, yeah. So they, they start to work on the process of, of annulling the marriage. But meanwhile, Karina Kapoor uh, is broke, hasn't paid her rent, and gets locked out of her apartment. She has no one else to turn to. So she has Except to for turn her husband. to Imran Khan. <laughs> um, and so she ends up moving in with him. And the two of them become uh, unlikely friends and a real... A real bond forms between them, like a real strong friendship to the point that uh, when Karina Kapoor wants to return to India for New Year's, Imran Khan goes with her. See, this does a better job of the girl trying to show the guy how to pick up girls. Yeah. Oh, a much better job. Yeah. I think there's better chemistry here. And I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, completely because these two actors have better chemistry. Because obviously we've seen Ranbir Kapoor and Priyanka Chopra have great chemistry in Barksby. Yeah. But it's just like everything here is kind of balanced to kind of ease you into them getting to know one another. Yeah. And it does seem like it seems natural and effortless that they find the best qualities in one another. And and that they start to really kind of connect. Even though I would say that the situations in the movie are maybe a bit more cartoonish, they do seem more realistic as people. I don't than, know, more cartoonish than like all those crazy suicide attempts at the beginning of Anjana and Johnny. I guess, yeah. And Both like, of these movies are pretty cartoonish. And, the, speak, and like the gay bar. Yeah. But here, here I think the cartoonishness is earned. Here I think it is It's trying, trying to, to be fun. Yeah, it's trying to be fun. Here, and I think it's also like very rooted in this kind of movie sense of Las Vegas. This is closer to the screwball comedy that I would like because it's another screwball situation. Exactly. Uh, there and is a scene that drives me crazy, though. Okay. Where uh, Imran Khan calls up one of his ex-girlfriends 
and uses the confidence given oh, to him by Karina Kapoor yeah. to go on a date with her. That's and not a good scene. It's like, yes, we get that he's a reserved guy. He's kind yeah. of shy. But even just like basically talking to this woman and having a conversation and it's immediately like panty dropper. She pulls him into the bathroom, which hilariously is not an American bathroom. No. There's no way that it does it has a vacant sign on the door like you're on an airplane. It has an Indian oh, I toilet. See, I see those little signs. Like they have those at Southgate Mall. Yeah, but not in like a fancy casino bathroom. Yeah, it's a pretty nice bathroom at Southgate. But like it also has like It has the hose. It has the hose, yeah. which we don't uh, see here. Yeah, North American uh, listeners I, won't know about the hose. But yeah, we don't have the hose here. I don't remember seeing any hoses in any of the bathrooms in Las Vegas. Yeah, we went to a lot of bathrooms in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, mean, we we got to check them out. Important. Yeah. <laughs> That's because the first time we went to Vegas, your mother said, go to all the hotel, ba- like all the casino's bathrooms. They're amazing. So every casino and we went right. into, we, we were like, well, we have to go check out the bathroom because your mom told us to. Yeah. There were some fantastic <laughs> bathrooms. But yeah. It is a nice bathroom, though. It's a nice bathroom, but it's it's, it's definitely an Eastern-style bathroom and not a Western bathroom. Yeah. But that scene is just... I'm with you on the hose. I'm not with you on the vacant sign. That sign is just... starting to pop up. That that scene is just so off. Because it violates the fundamental premise of the movie that he's kind of a shy weirdo. He's apparently sexual dynamite if he literally just talks to a woman briefly, except for Karina Kapoor. Yeah. But, like, he probably wouldn't have these issues... If this was indeed the case, like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's not, and to be clear, the issues with the film are not, like, that we can, that we suspect that that bathroom was not in Vegas, but because of... <laughs> While that is a really big issue with the film, it's not the biggest one. But because of the tonal disconnect of that scene with the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, because uh, his date is just so, she's too... She's ready to go. She's too cartoonish, she's too over the top, it just, it... You know what I thought? Okay, so this movie, this is the movie that I wanted Adelheim Mushkel to be. Okay. And no, I'm serious. Not featuring Rambir Kapoor. It's not that. It's and I guess you know, like. Oh, it's it's a guy who's in love with a girl, who will just not be interested in him, and he won't give up ever. But I'll say, the ending of this movie, he's still trying to get with Karina Kapoor. It's the exact same ending, except that she doesn't have cancer. Well. I think I think these two find a real friendship. Yes, he starts to want more, and she doesn't, and he respects that. And I guess yeah, he, yeah. I guess he does say like, "Oh, I'm I still hoping." He, I don't know but, if he respects it so much as the ending of the movie. It says this is just the beginning. I guess there's an idea that they could end up together, but I don't think I don't think that's necessarily what happens after the movie ends. You know, because again, like Karina Kapoor is pretty clear. She's like, just I, you know, that that she is comfortable and happy and, and cares about him as a friend, not mm-hmm. as a potential romantic partner. Um, by the way, we forgot to announce spoilers, but you know, yeah, here's hoping you're okay. <laughs> I mean, if you've even heard of this movie, you probably understand the premise. And if you've seen a um, Bollywood movie before, you know what's going to happen. But going back, there to, aren't a lot of surprises in either of these movies. Going back to my Adelheim Mishkel comparison again, like I think this has, um, it has a similar dynamic again of the of these two characters becoming really close friends. One of them wanting a romantic relationship, like the first half of Adelheim Mishkel, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I think that woman in the bathroom. 
or the bathroom woman. Is Aishwarya, bathroom date. That's Ashwarya Rai in this no, scenario. Would have been so much better if she was played by Lisa Hayden. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she could talk about how the Vatavaran is. Because Lisa Hayden is clearly the best part of Ada Lightmashko. And she's, like, uh, she's... I'm sorry. What about Ashwarya Raibachan and her <sighs> lavish Hungarian poet lifestyle? Okay. I'm if she was the main character... I think character it's Austrian. Austri- it is Austria. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, as soon as she comes into the movie, then it's good. Okay. Lisa Hayden's one of... The only of two good. Well, what about DJ? DJ Ali's pretty good too. I like okay. DJ Ali. There, there's Hayden. a lot of. There's actually a lot of good things in Adele Haimushkel. It's a really just, good soundtrack. It's too. just that the main characters are annoying. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, Rambir Kapoor. Lisa Hayden is one of the best parts of Adele Haimushkel, and I think if yeah. she had played that role, or if that role had just kind of had that level of like, yeah, she's a bit of a sex pot, and she's a bit of earth the top. But, like, that just kind of almost knowingness that Lisa Hayden brings to that role in A Dilhai Mushka. Like, or if she, the girl said... Or she was funny. That's what if makes she was funny, yeah. Lisa Hayden work she in was A Dilhai Mushka. She's so funny. Or if the girl said, by the way, no one will ever believe you. Because <laughs> then it would just be another kind of crazy woman entering uh, Imran Khan's life and... He's just kind of this put upon guy. Yeah, that would have been, that would have made me work too. He's yeah. got a kind of good um, Buster Keaton esque sort of stone face thing he can do, where you're just like, oh, "There's another thing that happened that I don't understand. Why is my life like this?" But he's a good straight man to Karina Kapoor being a little uh, off the wall. Yeah, but that scene aside, like I just I I think this movie is really really solid. I think both of these performances are excellent, and I've never mm-hmm. been huge on Imran Khan, but I'm I'm coming around between this and Deli Belly and Mary Brother Kidolhan. I liked him in every movie I've Your seen Brother so Kidolhan? far. Mary Brother Kidolhan, I think, yeah. Yeah. The problem is that he completely had his lunch eaten by Yushman Karana. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Ayushman yeah. Karana is getting all the roles of a kind of affable everyman. Yeah, has has Imran Khan been in anything since Caddy Body? I think we looked Which it I up hated. And, I, we looked it up and it was a no. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's, producing something or there was something going on or directing maybe yeah but like that role has been taken yeah we have a new affable everyman in town and if you want to learn more about him check out our episode two episodes Mm -hmm, ago mm -hmm. but he's he's really good here and he does like that like he's not tortured artist though he is interested in art but he he, is an artist and he's very you know kind of depressed yeah but he does the kind of just like I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't feel like I have a direction, you know, and I need to I need to get out from under the expectations that my parents have for me because they're stopping me from kind of fully pursuing, um, you know, fully living my life the way on my own terms. And it's just yeah. like, I don't know. I think he brings, like, it's a very kind of um, cliched character, I think, yeah. for a Bollywood movie. But I think he brings kind of depth. He's kind of a Wes Anderson character. Yeah. That he, kind of, you know, kind of interior You think he's like a Tenenbaum? Guy. He could be a Tenenbaum. Yeah. Because his parents are rich and they don't seem to care about him. Yeah. He, he brings some depth to it. Like, I think. And, I mean, Karina Kapoor is delightful in this. This is very much kind of her in her geet mode from Jab We Met. Yeah. I was thinking Jab We Met the entire movie and how much more I like Jab We Met. I I like Jamie Wet, but I'm st- I'm totally on this movie's way because it's almost the exact same story, except it takes place in in Vegas for the most part. And they fall in love. Can Jamie I put Wet. my man hat on for a second? Okay. 
Okay. Is it is it like Rambir Kapoor's bartending hat in Anjana and Johnny? Yeah, I guess in this situation it probably does look like that. Oh. I could go get mine. I've got it in the room. Oh god. Um, but those hats used to look good. They did. Uh, there was a time and a place for them. Yeah, and that time it was and place like, was... It was 2010. Yeah, yeah that's exactly Nine right. years ago. But, so, Karina Kapoor takes Imran Khan on a tour of her old high school. Yes. And she takes him to the kissing spot. And he's somebody, he thinks that maybe she wants to kiss him. I'm kind of with him on that one. Why would you take him to the kissing spot if you don't want to kiss? And I think that's why that scene is well done. It is. But, like... I I also understand why they like he's completely he's really mad at her for that. I think yeah. it's entirely understandable. But like, but anyone I, who's ever seen a movie before is going to know what happens there. But I don't think she man head off. Okay, I don't think she was trying to lead him on. I think he misread signals, and he he's not. I don't think he's necessarily mad at her. He's mad at himself. He's mad that he kind of misread things. Sure, and but, that's kind of the anger that pushes him to, uh, you know, to kind of take control of his life because he goes like, you know, I don't, he doesn't want to be caught up in someone else's story of kind of what he's supposed to do. Also, kind of Wes Anderson-y, There's some rich friends of his, uh, his parents, and the uh, the mother of that family's kind of like grabbing at him under the table. <laughs> yes, and he eventually pokes her with a fork, but yeah. Uh, this doesn't have any of the like stylistic stuff of Wes. No, no, no. no. It's 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 a sort of just similar sort of character, but yeah. Um, like you could tell that this rich kid has kind of been at a remove. He's like Baron Trump, maybe. <laughs> He's been at a remove his whole life. No one actually cares about his opinion about anything, and they just groomed him to be. You know, well, he's going to take over our business. Yeah. But he didn't, he, no one actually cared about what he thought about it. And Rana Pathak and Bo Manorani are great as his parents. Yeah. They're both fantastic. Um, Unsurprising. But yeah, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of a, a trope to do that. Like, yeah. the girl just completely misunderstands what she's putting on, like, what she's sending out, what it seems like she's sending out. That happens in so many movies. But it also happens in real life. It happens in real life, yes. But, like, I think it's just kind of a cliche at this point. And I don't think either of them is at fault. I don't think... No, I think the movie's at fault for kind of using that hackneyed sort of premise. I don't know. I think, you know, like, she's she's sharing her past and, and this important intimate moment from her past with her closest friend. Mm-hmm. And... Because up until this point, she doesn't know that he has feelings for her. And... Is she not paying close enough attention to him? Because maybe since we know him as the character, we know exactly what he's thinking. But like... I don't know, Matt. I... I think it's pretty obvious. I've been that girl so many times in real life. Yeah, you gotta keep... You gotta quit taking guys up to the kissing spot. Well... It's starting to get a little awkward. I just... And, and, and people have said to me, like, how did you not notice that he was into you? And I just... I I didn't like and 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 these awkward situations do happen and they ruin friendships sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um but that's the thing though. This movie thinks that it's not ruined. I don't this, think their friendship is ruined. No, their friendship isn't ruined, but he still thinks he's got a chance with her. And the movie doesn't disabuse him of this notion. I guess, okay, I guess maybe that's the one... That's the most annoying part of the thing, and is a, that a it friend, just ends off like that. And a friend of mine has told me that that's the thing that she likes about Adelheim Mushkal, is because she has cancer, you know that he will never get her. I still that's think, like, ludicrous. cancer is not 
the reason to like I think that's still we're not rooting for the cancer in that movie yeah I just think that's still I still feel like they have a toxic relationship and they should probably just never yeah, see Yeah, I still feel again. like Anishka Sharma's character is being punished with cancer in that movie. Yeah. So I guess that could be the one criticism that maybe I'll give you with this movie is that he does kind of still act like he could have. Like, they, they go back to Vegas and they maintain their friendship and they're really, really close. And it's very clear that this has both been like a formative experience of both their lives that they have... Uh, found someone to connect with and you know they go on to be more successful because of it I think and though it's not like they go back to Vegas and everything falls into place and they figure everything out but there is the traditional sort of pursuing male romantic hero that you see in so many Bollywood movies and he has a chance to not be that guy but he goes back to being that guy but he I mean he says like I don't know I can't remember exactly what it says in his voice but he does say like I'm still like hoping that this will blossom into romance, but he's still, he seems satisfied with her friendship as well. Like, I don't know. I can't tell. Okay. Um, anyway, what about the holiday elements of this film? The holiday elements of this film. Well, <laughs> there are a few lights. I think a couple people wearing Santa hats. Some maybe like a minute and a half worth of solid holiday content. <laughs> for both of these They don't even do anything for New Year's, do they? Or is there Yeah, they do. They're in they're in They're in India. India. Yeah. And they go to the big party where we get the Auntie G song, which is so much fun. Right, right. And I think mm. there's fireworks. Mm. There's fireworks in Anjani Anjana for sure. Yeah. But like yeah, not a lot of holiday content. <laughs> Anytime anyone was wearing a Santa hat or there was a Christmas tree in either of these movies. We should have got a I, stopwatch out just to... <laughs> I was pointing it out to Matt. I was like, Christmas content, Christmas content, Christmas content. Yeah, this is far from the least tenable primus we've ever had on our show. So that's <laughs> yeah, <fine. laughs> I mean, both of these movies do kind of like... I don't know. I started off this show by saying like, if you're set at the holidays, you're a holiday movie, but... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is much less of a holiday film than Die Hard, which is about bringing back the American family. Yeah. Though, I do still maintain, um, you know, again, my thesis, my opening thesis statement about how both of these movies dealt with the mental health issues that come to, that many people deal with during the It's a the lot holidays. more, hilariously, <laughs> it's a lot more subtle in Ekmane or Ek2, because yeah. Imran Khan's character is deeply depressed. But it also doesn't do a whole song and dance about it like uh, um, like Priyanka Chopra's character. Yeah. We have to kind of guess that his life has been very hands-off his whole time. His parents well, don't really see him as anything apart from like an item that they can barter off for business contracts. And he has no friends. He does have like a voice, an opening voiceover about how there's different kinds of parents and kind of what his parents are like and the yeah. expectations they have on them. But it's just... Yeah, I think I think this film is it's more a subtle. lot more subtle in the way it handles its portrayal of mental health issues. And again, like Imran Khan's character feels like like he he doesn't feel um, flat. He he feels like a character who actually has an internal life. Even and though I we, think, we don't get a lot of it, but I don't know. I think you you get a pretty solid arc. Of you get him, an arc, but you never of get... him finding. Finding satisfaction, finding yeah, um, like a place where he can work towards happiness. But I, I'm and saying it's, it's much less heavy-handed than. Oh yeah, no, this movie I think is a lot lighter on its feet, and I think that's part of why I liked it more. I think it's you know it, it it's got some froth. Yeah, 
I liked it more too, but I'm not gonna say I liked either of them a lot. No, I yeah, no, I dug this one and I I, I do see how Batra went from this to Kapoor and Sons. Kapoor and Sons is like a miles ahead leap and also it's just like he has an interesting visual element that he brings to that. Yeah. Whereas but, this is just kind of like your standard romantic comedy. Yeah, I feel like you get the opportunity to make like a romantic comedy, you know, kind of low budget, simple boy meets girl story. He adds some elements to it, I think, that are unexpected, that are engaging, Uses the that are geography, interestingly. Yeah, and and yeah. also uh, meaningful. And then, you know, once he's proven himself, he comes back and he gives us Kapoor and Sons. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I don't think either of these movies needed to go back to India. I mean... We don't go back to India and Jana and Johnny. They go back in the ending thing, I'm pretty sure. Oh, in the epilogue? They get married in India? But, like, um, I think you could have done this whole thing... I don't know. Why not have their parents all be Americans, too? Or at least living in America. I, I feel like... You think you would have preferred if this was completely an NRI film? Yeah, I think it... Well, in the movie, they're also keeping track of how many days they've known each other in Ekme or Ek 2. Yeah. Uh, like, it's you know day 12. Yeah. But they spend, like, three days of that flying to India and then, like, three more days flying back. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it just didn't need that. Yeah. I would be interested to see, you know, Bomanarani and uh, Ratnapathak as just kind of, like... Nouveau riche immigrants, or they're just Americans. I think that'd be kind of cool rather than flying back to India for no real reason. Yeah. We're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm, I think it's kind of crazy that you think this is better than Adil Hai Mushkil, or at least it did that relationship better. I think while the central relationship of Adil Hai Mushkil is extremely irritating, like the music's better, cinematography's better, Ashwarya Rai Bachchan, um. Like, that has a lot of other good stuff going for it. You just have to ignore, ignore the main people in the movie. No, I'm into this one. Yeah. Uh, all right, well... It's certainly a hot take. That brings us to the end of our festive episode. Hooray! We hope you all enjoyed, um, you know, the, the Christmas banter. Yeah. Sort of like uh, our other banter, but we've been drinking, you know, nutmeg-flavored stuff. There's no nutmeg. Oh my no, uh, Okay. Nutmeg ish flavored stuff. <laughs> uh, allspice. That's the one. <laughs> um, so, we're going to take a little bit of time off, though? Yeah. Okay. We want to wish all of our listeners and their families and friends a happy holidays. Uh, this is uh, our last episode of the year. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be taking a bit of a break because our next episode. Oh boy, Matt. What's our next episode? I've been doing a lot of homework for this one. It's our year-end megasode. Yes, we will be back in January. Probably in about a month from now. Yeah, we are going to recap 2018. Bollywood 2018. Uh, As much as we're able to get. Yeah, as much as we're able to. Uh, Luckily, Man Marzion has hit Arrows now, so we'll be able to catch up with that one. Uh, We're catching up with as much as we can. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out on Tumblr, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com, at bollywoodpod on Twitter. Check out uh, Bollywood is for Lovers Facebook page. Just type that in. I'm at Matt, at Matt, underscore, B-O-W-E-S. 
Uh, I am at Ernie Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. You can listen to selected episodes of this podcast on G Radio. And if you want some sweet, sweet Biffle points, <laughs> Apple Podcast Review. Love to see some more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you're over there, you can also subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichak. It's called Trash Art and the Movies. You guys also had a very festive episode <laughs> on Jane Campion movies. Oh, yeah. So, so festive. We're also doing uh, an episode right away here on uh, weddings. Um, oh. and, and one of our films is on Indian weddings, which has been uh, a big... A big topic in the news lately. So Why, did someone get married? Yeah, oh. a bunch of people got married. <laughs> okay. So we're going to be talking about Mira Nair's Monsoon Wedding. Uh, I think this... No, this is the second Hindi film we've done on Treasure in the Movies. Uh, and uh, Father of the Bride with, uh, with Steve Martin, the Charles Shire film. So mm. go listen to that. And I recorded a guest spot with uh, Manish Mathur, past uh, guest of the show. Yeah. Uh, he is doing a deep dive into the films of M. Night Shyamalan, uh, and that is over the Talk Film Society's uh, podcast feed. It's called M. Night Frights. So we discuss and Lady in the Lake. Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. Yeah, and uh, I'll be on there pretty soon, too, to talk about After Earth. Probably about the same time our next episode comes out. Yeah. So double dose of Matt action. And that's it. Yeah. See you in, uh, or talk to you in 2019. Yeah, we'll see you next year.